don't you know We're talking about the revolution sounds Don't you know We're talking about the revolution sounds while they're standing in the welfare line Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Hi, this is the first podcast of the Popular Education Network Scotland. Welcome. I'm Dawn and this is Francis. Hi. And we are here because we believe in education for liberation and organisation to make it happen. So, Francis, we're starting off to talk about what Popular Education Network Scotland is all about. Well, me and you, Don, we've known each other a good while, but in the last sort of four years have we been involved in setting up the Popular Education Network Scotland? Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was to try and bring together people who were involved in, in different struggles or different campaigns and to think about the role that education plays in them, especially if you want to win. Yeah. And I think it's so common for activists to be so busy doing the activism and being out in the community that often we don't get a chance to sit and reflect. No, that's true. I mean, I came to popular education really late. Mm-hmm. I've been involved in all sorts of campaigns for for decades. And it struck me that education took place in these campaigns. I'm thinking particularly the poll tax campaign where... Mm-hmm. In working class communities, particularly across Scotland, people said, you know, they'd say in meetings and that, oh, oh I don't know anything then, you know, I'm, I left school at this age and I don't, I, I'm not going to read that. And then what, and then in those communities, the people ended up, you know, reading the Debtor Scotland Act, representing people in court, reading balance sheets, reading figures about non-payment, understanding a legal position, and just the transformed we well, we all transformed ourselves and we transformed the campaign as well in our communities standing up against the sheriff's officers all of that sort of stuff sending out press releases writing songs for the movement so what became clear is that education takes place Definitely. in the campaigns that we're in yeah but what kind of education is that and then i started trying to figure it out and reading about it and i came across the idea of popular education it comes out of south america and the struggles of the working class there yeah it's really interesting. I mean, I I became involved in popular education when I was a freelance tutor with Glasgow University and they use it for the community development. And that was the first time that I'd heard of popular education. But I suppose um, coming from a feminist background, because I work in violence against women's sector, many of the things you do through popular education, you do in the feminist movement and I'm sure other movements as well, but it's not so prescribed it's we, we maybe don't recognize it as much and so it's a, a more a natural process and I think adding the popular education models and theories to that is really helpful because it then it then helps you to reflect on your your activism more and and maybe move on to the next stage and thinking about how you can connect with others um so I, that's why I found it really interesting and why um I was dead pleased when you were saying about starting up Popular Education Network Scotland. And we've had a few sessions already, which have been really interesting, on community building um, and bringing people together who are already active. Um, And I suppose with this series of podcasts, we're looking to reach out a bit more. 
Yeah, I think it was the idea of in Scotland and the campaigns we're involved in to, to transform our lives, then being conscious about it and yeah. actually introducing education, having sessions where we're thinking, what do we want to do? How are we going to do this? Who's going to do it? What do we, know? What do we not know yeah. that we need to learn about? And what do we know already? Mm-hmm. Because quite often you'll be sitting in the room and there's a lot of people with a whole lot of experience in that room. And you don't know that, do you ask? Yeah. And so... I mean, we've had a couple of weekends away at yeah. youth hostels. Um, yeah, partying to three in the morning on a Saturday night <laughs> in Braemar. Um, But yeah, everybody, we, we ran sessions all day, uh, different sessions that people could get involved in. And everybody who's went to those weekends away has really enjoyed it. And the feedback has been fantastic. So we've also ran sessions in Glasgow, yeah. evening sessions as well, mm-hmm. um, about community work and about people working in communities. The main thing about popular education is that it's not an individual thing. Yeah. The education system in this country, first of all, it totally devalues working class people and our knowledge. And secondly, it's all about getting sent away to study on your own, read this, answer these questions, practice these assessments. And it's also about competition. From yeah. the minute you go into primary one, you're in competition with everybody else to get the grade, to get the university place, to get the hires to get the job. The point about popular education is it's a collective thing. Yeah. We do it together. We learn together. It's knowledge that's created socially. And so it's a totally different experience. And there's no exams. There's no assessments. There's no certificate at the end either. But that doesn't mean to say that education doesn't take place. Huge amounts of education take place. And yet we do not need at the end of it to have a certificate because what the knowledge is for is in order for us to change our lives. Definitely. And it's really interesting, isn't it, that there's that focus and um, competitive edge to the education that limits the information we actually get. So, for example, just now, with the Black Lives Matter movements, um, there's been more focus in Scotland about the history of slavery within Scotland. Um, that was something that was never covered when I was at school. You, you, it was never even mentioned. Yeah. So having an opportunity to be in a room with other people um, and people who have experience of that movement and experience, maybe the actual experience of, of a relative slave um, and bringing that to the collective group, it gives you a different type of education, doesn't it? And not only that, as you say, when you're bringing working class people in, their histories are often missing from the education we've had. So allowing that um, experience to influence how we grow is so important as individuals but especially within the collective of the community definitely no definitely and the point about popular education there's some lost in translation here it started in south america and the spanish and the portuguese in spanish and portuguese it means of the people so it was of the working class it was the people who live in the shanty towns it was the people who are the oppressed groups it was the the peasants it was those who the poorest in society and that's where it comes from it doesn't translate exactly yeah and it's scottish and it's certainly not about populist politics no. so so we've decided that to try and illustrate it to show how this education takes place to do a series of podcasts um we list the people and we're looking for more who have been involved in campaigns and in struggles and where education is taking place that they've come out of it knowing a whole lot more at the end of it than they did when they went into it. And that goes for us too. I mean, yeah. the amount of campaigns I've been involved in, 
and I didn't have a scoop at the beginning. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're well versed in all sorts of things. Be it um, le- your legal rights, for example, especially if you're going to do something where you're going to get arrested or you're going to be in an occupation or something like that. But also things like the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Because yesterday, well, Dawn, we were in a, a Zoom with yeah. people in Detroit and in Michigan. Yeah. And um, talking to us about the building and community there. I mean, Detroit is a city that's almost 80% black and we were talking to people who are trying to do the same sort of thing that we try to do here but in Detroit and it's totally inspiring and we learned a lot out of that yeah and I think as well with the the technology age and I know that for myself podcasts during this lockdown have become invaluable and um, some information that we're kind of going through with a Belfast trademark podcasts really interesting different perspective and it's almost that our worlds are growing further through the the new podcast and technology age where we're able to share ideas but that's what it's all about isn't it because i'm from clay bank and the the commonalities between the experience of heavy industry in clay bank and in detroit although it's very very different experiences very very different cities there is also commonalities across that and I think the, the series of podcasts what hopefully will bring to the table as well as people hearing um, the commonalities they share with people that maybe they would never be in the same room as. So offering people that opportunity to hear other people's stories and reflect on their own story, I think is going to be really interesting. Yeah, I think it is too. And there's a few personalities lined up as well. <laughs> I think also the point is that formal education disempowers working class people. Yeah. You know, if you're in school and you know that you're not the ones that's destined for university, then what's your what's the attitude to you? You know, that you're not going to be able to understand ideas or you're not going to be able to have the skills to do certain jobs or really, you know, you're not going to actually have access to education because you're going to leave school um, quite early and not go on to other education. And the thing about this is it's about working-class education and it's about us having confidence in ourselves confidence in our ideas, confidence in the movements that we're involved in, and a confidence in a self-worth that actually we've accumulated loads and loads of ideas in education. And those also, who decides what the education system's about? There's certainly no teaching for liberation, that's for sure. They're teaching for people to accept the system that we live under. And the whole thing about popular education is we are totally challenging that. So we've got a whole load of people lined up who've been involved, who work in class, who've been involved in movements, and we're dying to hear them tell their stories and we will be introducing them over the next few weeks and months as we develop this podcast. Yeah, and I think what's dead exciting about that as well, Francis, is that um, these are people that maybe normally aren't heard or they might be heard in certain rooms but they're not heard in others and I think I'm really excited to be hearing from people who, in particular, who maybe don't see themselves as part of a movement but are really active in their community and have lots to say but are very rarely heard because only certain people are allowed in certain rooms and we really want to amplify those voices for the want a better world but really allow people to have their voice heard and contribute something to a discussion that is about them because often the people who aren't heard are the people the very people who are affected by policy by politics by legislation um, and I think there's some really good examples like the Living Rent campaign, where some of those uh, young people in particular coming through that process are now 
are now studying law, who are, will be contributing back into that system. And that came from them coming together under a common issue. And if we can let those voices be heard and inspire one another as working class people, I think that's really exciting. Okay, Don, so what made you get involved in your first campaign? Wow. Um, what made it? Well, I think... I think the... Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because people come from different perspectives. So for me, it was very much a personal perspective. So my family was involved in women's aid um, when I was young. And that was an, a great experience because we went from a really difficult home life into an environment where it was collective uh, working. So everybody was equal. Um, that we were supported to identify what it was we needed so we went from quite an oppressive environment into a very open and free environment and an environment where we were in control um, so I think that was that was huge and once we came through that process that was quite early on in the women's aid history um, so we then became we then tried to give back so we were involved in campaigning work and television work because there was very few women and children at that time that could actually speak out so we were really fortunate that we were able to be involved in that. And as a 15-year-old, that is wow. hugely influential. Wow. So that kind of really grew my politics. But there were so many things in the 80s when we were young, I know. I know. Um, from the war in Ireland to um, just lots of things going on that were so, with, with, without the internet, but were so contradictory that it really kind of, Politics was always in my life anyway, um, but actually having that experience, that was that was my first experience. What about yourself? Well, first I'd say that I'm a I'm a pro I'm a kind of example of what we're talking about in terms of education. I mean, I left school at 18 in mm. the, the East End of Glasgow and didn't touch formal education again um, until I was 45, and I went to Glasgow Uni. And um, and I only went because I was interested in studying popular education. Yeah. As a as a subject, and they, they were lucky enough to let me in. I was I was actually really lucky. I was amazed that they let me in, but they did. And uh, I studied it for a year with a guy called Liam Kane, who had written a lot about popular education in uh, Latin America. And so, but the first thing that inspired me is this idea about ideas and learning, inspiring you, because I am. Um, I went to, the first thing is I went to a meeting. I'd um, been involved in, in sort of, uh, well, I hadn't been involved then actually, but it, the, the ops was in, Thatcher had come in mm. and I had went to a meeting and I heard Harry McShane talk, you know, Red Clyde. Yeah. yeah. So he was in his 80s wow. and I was 18. And uh, and he talked about the movement, the struggles, the education, and the fact that working class people can really transform their lives, that mm. it is a possibility and uh, don't let anybody tell you different. And there he was at that age, still believing that we would transform our world, particularly on the issue of housing. And I was living in you know damp housing in Berlanic at that point. And I was just unbelievably inspired. And yeah. that started me on a journey to come across these different ideas that were totally liberating, yeah. liberated my head. We yeah. were living in poverty. My dad had died, worked in the shipyards. And all of a sudden it was like, do you know what? This isn't your fault. Yeah. This is about the system and, and that set us on the road it is so important isn't it because how do you how do you reflect on and think about your experience if you're sitting by yourself 
it's so difficult because then it becomes about you. And for so many of the struggles that we've got in our communities, you're right, it's completely political with a small p. It's people are experiencing oppression, but sometimes don't identify it because they are so, it's, it takes such a lot of energy to try and overcome it. That it's very yeah. difficult to take that time to actually have that thought process. So meeting inspirational figures like for you, um, Harry, and for me, Women's Aid, is it, it opens up your mind, doesn't it? Totally, it opens up your totally. experience. It totally does. And also, in formal education, quite often, if you don't know something, it's treated as, oh, how come you don't know that? You know, yeah. this idea, it's disempowering. Whereas in popular education, it's we don't know that. Right, who do we know that does? Who can we phone up? Who can we email? Who can we get to come and talk to us? And all right, there's nobody who knows, right, well, we're just going to have to find out ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. And therefore, it's a totally collective approach to to knowledge. And for me, that was also liberating. It's a comfortable thing. Yeah. Nobody is made to feel that they don't have any knowledge to bring yeah. to the campaign or to the struggle or to the movement that they're involved in. And if you do feel like that, then there's something wrong with the movement. Yeah. So that is the type of education that we would like to bring to you in our podcast. Also, we run sessions, but we'll, we'll come to that in time. <laughs> you can come to the sessions as well. And it's a totally different experience. Yeah. So we're really, really happy to bring you this first podcast. Yep. And uh, we hope you'll listen in for the rest. It's great. Well, that's us finished for our first podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll be out again soon with some of our guests telling you some of their stories of their activism. Um, But until then, keep learning and keep organising. Thanks.